Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Kevin Cole, joined as always on Mondays by Ben Brown. Ben, how was this Sunday for you? Sunday, week 13. I mean, it was pretty good, to be honest with you. I felt like uh, a lot of the things that I was looking for to happen actually did happen. Uh, One of my biggest spots that I did like was the Browns. Uh, That line actually moved them against them throughout the week. Uh, But they definitely looked really good against the Titans. I'm wondering, uh, Kevin Stefanski is kind of a guy that I was pretty high on out of Minnesota. I kind of wanted the Vikings to make him their, uh, you know, head coach. Uh, kind of move on from Mike Zimmer. That obviously didn't happen, but do you think Kevin Stefanski is kind of in this discussion for Coach of the Year at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely in the discussion. It's funny because the Coach of the Year is almost perfectly aligned with the team that overperforms their preseason expectation by the most. So I think the teams that fall into that category and the names you're going to hear about because of that, uh, of course, Mike Tomlin is going to help. It helps when your team is 11-0, and it looks like it's going to potentially be the number one seed in the playoffs. So he's in the mix. Brian Flores is another guy who's in the mix. If they make the playoffs, I think he's an interesting name that people will be looking at. And the other name is Kevin Stefanski. Now, they, a few different things are going well for him. Uh, number one, they brought in a new system. Uh, Baker could have a little bit of run here at the end of the season so that so that looks good the running game has obviously been off the charts and that's something that really is built off of the system that they're running and he's also stepping in for freddie kitchen so it really helps to have the the lowest bar of, of that could humanly be possible it seems like for coaching in, in quite a while that he's going to bring in there and you know they've won a lot of one score games now you could say even the game that they won today was a one score game technically even though they blow they, they blew teams out so they're six and zero in these one score games and while we may know that there's a lot of variance there that will tend to regress the the public, I think, when you're looking at it, that's something that teams can point to. Say, hey, if you're a disciplined team, you are gonna things are gonna flip. Those coin flips are gonna go more often in your favor if you have the right coach. So he may get some benefit from there too. Yeah, I definitely like that line of thinking. I do agree with you. I mean, the Freddie Kitchens thing is obviously a very low uh, bar to cross at this point in time. Um, I do think that the narrative surrounding the Browns is kind of interesting because I do think people probably are lower on Baker than uh, maybe even PF is, PFF is from like a grading standpoint and stuff like that. He did have his best graded game of the season today, of course. He was you know incredibly productive, but I do think that people are kind of... Um, giving the assumption or the benefit of the doubt to Kevin Stefanski. And I do think that could help him lead on into uh, the coach of the year discussion, especially if the Steelers slip up here uh, at the end of the season. So let's, let's talk about it here. We got Washington at Pittsburgh coming up here Monday, late afternoon football. Once again, uh, another kind of Island game. We're going to have some showdown action and stuff like that. It is kind of interesting from a betting market perspective. I think the, Pittsburgh Steelers open up right around 12 and a half point favorites. We've seen this line move uh, basically be the most drastic here in week 13. It's pushed all the way down to minus six and a half for the Steelers. So uh, everything's kind of been one-sided towards Washington. Uh, 71% of the cash is on Washington at this point in time. Um, I'm not really finding too much value from the betting market. There are a few player props that I like, but I'm wondering how are you kind of handling uh, this specific matchup from a showdown perspective? Yeah, there are some interesting names in this matchup. The thing is, I okay. I don't know if this also aligns with some of the what we've seen in the betting market, but as you mentioned, it's moving a lot towards uh, the Washington football team. 
And I also think there's going to be a lot of ownership on players this week because of just because of what happened last week, like um, for, for, for them vis-a-vis the Steelers, because the Steelers struggled against uh, the Ravens who were playing their third stringers and their practice squad guys. Uh, Washington looked pretty good. In particular, if you're going to talk about names that are going to gobble up tons of ownership in the showdown contest, you know, Terry McLaurin looked looked all right. But even more importantly, Antonio Gibson looked right. off the charts good. And he's now a legit option as far as a running back that people are going to be piling into, especially in the CPT position. So because of that, you wouldn't think this would happen, but I'm projecting there's actually going to be value for the Steelers. There's kind of value on this team that's a six-and-a-half-point favorite because so many other people will be will be starting to to play um, the Washington football team players. So a, a guy, Deontay Johnson, is the one that pops the most. He's the most expensive rece- receiver for the Steelers. He's a guy who's been gathering up tons and tons of targets. He hasn't really broken those long runs and those yak those yak targets that you'd like to see. But I think his ownership is going to be de- depressed with some people on uh, Clay's Chaypool, uh, um, Clay's uh, Chase Claypool on accident, uh, or the or they'll be going over to Antonio Gibson. So he's the guy that I'm targeting most of the time. Yeah, I like that. It is going to be really interesting because there is like uh, kind of a difficult projection to make for these Steelers pass catchers. It's one that uh, kind of continues to pop pop up for me in our player prop market as well uh, because there have been like this really high volume low average depth of target passing attack I think we had Ben Roethlisberger under completion yardage last week I think he went over that by about 15 uh, completions uh, against in the game against the Ravens but it was all in this low average depth of target they did have the lowest average depth of target on the season last week and highest amount of pass attempts so if that carries forward it is kind of hard to back some of these player props uh, the only one that I'm really wondering about basically as I said uh, I do agree with you that I do think Deontay Johnson is the correct play from a DFS showdown perspective. I could see still Chase Claypool being involved. Juju Smith-Schuster has definitely emerged over the past couple weeks to be more involved uh, than what he was to start the season but a guy that I'm continuing to kind of try and fade uh, so I do like him from an under perspective for his player props is Eric Ebron I kind of lean more towards his under receiving yards uh, than his receptions even though we have you know a much less value projection on him for a player prop tool but I think uh, just with what he's actually done with his most recent uh, targets and stuff like that he hasn't necessarily been all that efficient so if there's at all a decrease in the overall passing attack volume for the Steelers I do think that he's going to be the one that I would probably be um, siding with that's going to have you know the decrease in targets the most at this point in time because I don't know it's tough to kind of project out uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson of course Chase Claypool is kind of their downfield threat at this point in time so he could obviously get over his receiving yards prop uh, with one big play but I don't know how are you 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 have Deontay Johnson is there any you know are you liking any either of the other Steelers pass catchers at the wide receiver position do you think Ebron is probably going to maybe be a little bit too under the radar or is he somebody that you'd probably be fading for DFS no, no, I like like Ebron also, and if they have to having to choose between Smith Schuster and Claypool, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be Juju. But those two guys are, are both in contention. I think I, I think I'd have Ebron. Ebron's a guy who's gonna hit less often than right. those guys are. But when we're just comparing how often someone's gonna be in an optimal lineup vis-a-vis their ownership, he ends up looking better there off of a lower baseline. 
Okay, yeah. I might have to readjust some of my player prop thinking then based on that news. Because, yeah, he has, he has been a guy that I've tried to fade. It hasn't necessarily worked out, but uh, it's kind of been difficult to project out the volume from the Steelers' pass catchers in general. So we'll see how it shapes up. But there's not a ton of value um, on either the game totals uh, or spread at this point in time. So it might be a spot where you're looking for a showdown or player props. But let's move on to the next match. We've got Bills 49ers. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by this game. I do think it could be potentially just a little bit faster pace than what the market even projects at this point in time. I think the total uh, has moved down basically 1.247. Green line kind of leans towards the over a little bit on that number. Uh, the spreads basically fluctuated back and forth between three for, you know, this, the Bills were basically minus two and a half, tested minus three. It's moved all the way back towards the 49ers. I think they were minus one earlier in the day, and now I'm seeing it basically as a pick them again. I uh, don't really find too much value at this point. Not None of those numbers are really all that key or important, so I do think one of these teams probably is going to win by a field goal spread, but what are you seeing from a shutdown perspective in this matchup? Yeah, this one was interest, interesting to me. I mean, I know the move between two and a half and and one in the other direction isn't very statistically significant, but I guess it's just it's just surprising me. Maybe I haven't been paying enough attention to, to what the 49ers are doing since they're essentially out of the playoff race to see that they would be favored while at home. I mean, they are at home, but still favored against a Bills team that has struggled a little bit more offensively recently, but the defense has also started to play uh, starting to round into form a, a bit. So the players that I'm looking at here, and again, it's it's gonna it's gonna lean towards the favored team who has the less flashy names. I mean, J Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, those guys are gonna be the flashy names on on the slates. But the numbers like Nick Mullins, the numbers like uh, Debo Samuel, probably the most as the number one wide receiver, who's now been back for a couple weeks, is rounded in, into form. He is someone who is piling up those yak yards that we talked about that were missing a little bit from Deontay Johnson's game. So he's he's the guy here that that the numbers are pointing to. Yeah, I like that as well. How do you think uh, Brandon Ayuk Brandon, probably being active, do you think that uh, causes people to potentially move away from Debo Samuel in a more worthwhile situation? Do you think that would be a reason to move away from Debo Samuel? Or is Brandon Ayuk probably uh, not really a guy you're interested in rostering from a showdown perspective? I mean, I think he's 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 got some value, but it's a little bit less, according to my right. numbers, than, than Debo. But a lot of the times when these things happen, you you have to have such a contrarian thinking in these showdown right. slates, and you're trying to find the value. You're trying to find the lineup that no one else is going to have. That whenever you have a player who you like, like Debo Samuel, and there's something that happens to take his ownership down, you should probably think of that as a blessing rather than a reason to get off of him. Right. I like that line of thinking a lot. So I do have one player prop that I do kind of like: Devin Singletary over 15.5 receiving yards. Uh, he's seen a decent amount of target share but he did drop down to basically running only a route on uh right around 30 percent of the bills dropbacks the past two weeks so his targets per route run has increased quite a bit but he hasn't necessarily been on the field all that much do you feel comfortable uh, with him being a potential flyer at the flex position for a showdown or do you think he's maybe just a little bit more involved um you know in in the Bills passing attack with how well the 49ers have played defensively over the past couple weeks once all of their you know secondary defensive back pieces have gotten healthy and are playing again yeah I think I definitely like him as as a flex play um I'm just kind of looking at some other options that may be in there I mean if 
Uh, I mean, Dawson Knox is a guy who maybe who 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 is who is a possibility. And we know it's surprising here, and it's not exactly the sexiest options. But both of the kickers look like they could be a little bit underowned as uh, ownership flows to these other players that we've been mentioning. So if you wanted to roster Tyler Bass or Robbie Gold, both of those guys are very reliable. Especially Bass is probably somebody people don't really know about. He's easily kicking these 50 yarders out there in what should be pretty good weather. So I think if you want to throw a kicker in there, that this could be an opportunity to do it although I know people like I said it's not the most exciting option yeah I definitely like that I like that a lot so we'll see but another place that you can play kickers is in prize picks uh, if you use promo code PFF you can definitely get some extra cash to uh, play with do you have any recommendations for prize picks coming up here on Monday Kevin yeah I mean what's nice about this is we have the two different games so there's more right. different combinations that you can play together so I think there is probably um, it, there's probably a, a lack of understanding on how good this uh, Washington football team defense has been. So, right. I don't know. Roethlisberger is someone I could probably go go under on. Uh, we'll, we'll end up seeing what's happening. He does get the ball out of his hand very quickly, so it could neutralize some of the pass rush. But the Washington has also been pretty good on the back end. So, we'll see what ends up happening there. And then just going through the other guys, I mean, we have Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster are, are both at 14 fantasy points here. I feel like Claypool is someone who I would project a little bit higher than the Smith-Schuster, but a lot of that is going to be based upon a blow-up type of performance, maybe not right. a median type of performance. So he's another guy that I could go under. Yeah, he's the spot where, yeah, basically if he gets that long reception touchdown sort of thing, he's obviously going to blow over his total. But there are a number of scenarios where uh, he definitely falls short of the 14 fantasy points. I'm wondering about one other guy, J.D. McKissick. Of course, Gibson has come on quite strongly lately. McKissick still kind of stayed a little bit involved. Of course, he's not getting quite as much usage as he was over the past few weeks uh, recently. Do you think he's in a spot where you could fade him at 8.5 fantasy points? Or is he probably one where you're just uh, avoiding it altogether at this point in time? I guess I'd just be avoiding it altogether just because we have one game of him being really marginalized in that offense, right. whereas if you just go back a couple of weeks, he's someone who was racking up double-digit targets. So, I mean, maybe they really have just turned the page and it's all Antonio Gibson all the time now. But if they decide to flow back, and we see that happen a lot of these different backfields, that it can shift around from week to week, there is a possibility that he can rack up a lot of points. And this is a PPR format, too. So he doesn't right. have to necessarily be productive or put up a lot of yards in order to hit that number. Yeah, I do like that quite a bit. I also kind of like Benny Snell over 11 fantasy projections. Obviously, if he gets a touchdown, he should easily eclipse that number. Uh, even if he doesn't, I do think that his usage is going to be high enough, even against a pretty stout uh, Washington football team defense where he could probably get over that total. So we'll see what comes up here on Monday. But it is a great slate. Two games. Can't ask for much more. Plus, we get a bonus game on Tuesday once again. Uh, so what else can we ask for? Do you uh, have any final thoughts, Kevin? No, no, I think it's just this could be a very interesting prove it type of game. I think when it comes to, like I mentioned, the Steelers really need to show here that they are for real. I think there's been a lot of talk where we may have contributed to it slightly about mm -hmm. the fact that they're they're overrated. And then they came out and, and look pretty bad. And I already see Steelers. Uh, fans and and people who are Steelers analysts on Twitter, uh, you know, trying to make some snarky comments about whether or not people are going to talk about how the Kansas City Chiefs struggled against such a poor opponent. I mean, I don't think the two things are apples to apples. I think the Chiefs' offense actually looked pretty good. They just couldn't really convert a few times there. And right. I don't think that the the Broncos' offense 
is the same. The Broncos team is the same as the Ravens team, where they're, when they're starting someone like like RG three. But that being said, there's just, there's just a lot of tension built up in this matchup, and there are playoff implications on the other side too. So this right. it doesn't necessarily seem like a great matchup, but uh, that one's big. And I think for the Bills, this is really their chance to say we are in that. We're approaching that upper tier of teams because the AFC is so stacked near the top that they could position themselves, though, pretty well going forward. And I feel like they they have a, a little bit of a schizophrenic offense, and, mm-hmm. but they have that upside. Where I don't know if they can put together three, four wins, you know, get to the Super Bowl, but they can definitely put together a couple of games where they may surprise the people in the playoffs. So I'm interested to see if that defense can continue to gel this week. Yeah, I really like that line of thinking. I do agree with you on the Steelers. It is tough, but I do think the narrative of like, oh, are you going to knock the Chiefs is kind of a completely different setup because the Chiefs are kind of built uh, to play from behind if they absolutely have to, obviously, with like the best offense in the NFL, you know, top-rated quarterback, those sorts of things, where if the Steelers fall behind, uh, they're relying on basically like the 25th ranked quarterback from our opponent just a grades perspective and uh you know the pass catching unit and everything else isn't necessarily that highly rated even though they've played uh pretty well here recently so i do think that the narrative shift although it makes sense from uh certain perspectives probably isn't as intuitively sound as what most would actually expect at this point so this will be good though i'm excited for both games on monday more action on tuesday uh from ben brown this is kevin cole joining me as well i appreciate you guys uh listening to the pff daily betting podcast thank you Thank you.